and welcome back to the Writer's Haven. I'm your host, Musu of Musu Writes. And today's guest was a lot of fun. Catherine Adele West is an author who is releasing her first novel, Saving Ruby King. Now, this book will drop on June 16th of this year, and I cannot wait because it just seems like a very um, intriguing story that, you know, really talks about how a person, how one thing that happens can really have a ripple effect on everyone within the family, within the community, and all that good stuff. So she hails from Chicago and has a lot to share as far as her writing experience, her career as an editor, and just overall what it means to try to communicate your message, um, communicate your platform so that everyone can be interested in, in reading about your work. So check it out. Um, this, Like I said, this episode was a lot of fun. There's a lot of cracks and giggles going on and also a lot of very insightful information. So if you, especially if you are an up-and-coming author or you're just looking for direction as far as the, the best steps to take, the best people to connect with, you really want to listen in on this episode. I've also provided Catherine's contact information so that you can keep up with her and you can get notified of when her book drops. All right. And as always, please subscribe if you're not subscribed already. Um, I am available on Apple Podcasts and Podbean. We are working on becoming more uh, available to more outlets. So if you want to be aware of when that will happen, please go to musuwrites.com and sign up for the newsletter. All right. Thank you guys so much for your support and talk to you soon. trying to remember how I came across you. I think it was Cherish Reed on Twitter. Yeah, more. Yep, I know Cherish. The yeah, Cherish with and all she's, her great tweets. Yes, and she's been a guest on the show too, and so she was a lot of fun to talk to. So it was something that she had tweeted about your book, and then when I um, looked it up, I was like, "Oh wow, you know, I need to reach out to her. This book looks really interesting." So. That's Thank how you. I discovered you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy you thought it looked interesting. If you did, then I didn't do my job. I didn't. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we're just going to, um, you know, I have like basic questions, but I normally like to just go with the flow of com- conversation, if that's okay with you. Yeah, super organic. I'm fine. I'm down okay, with that. Cool. All right. So, yeah, welcome again to the Writer's Haven. And um, one of the first things I had wanted to ask you, because I noticed that, of course, you have a background in journalism and um, you always wanted to be a writer. But can you talk a little bit about how you went from wanting to be a writer to becoming a published author? Um, well, I will give you the cliff notes version because yeah. <laughs> that, that was, oh, that was in the making. So writing was something that I always, um, loved doing ever since I was, you know, a kid. Um, and I realized, um, once I entered college, I chose, I was like choosing between veterinary and medicine economics and journalism and those are three vastly different things mm-hmm. but when I looked at the other two things that I wanted to do economics was because I had an awesome teacher and veterinary medicine was just I like dogs but who doesn't like come on right exactly um, but journalism was something where I knew that I could write but I could make money at writing without kind of having to live the starving artist kind of bohemian lifestyle mm-hmm. um that's that's not what I do that's not my bag um <laughs> So uh, I decided journalism was a way for me to um, be able to pursue a passion, but kind of have a a vocation behind the passion, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so honestly, I didn't know that I wanted to become a, a writer, like a full-time writer, till I was about 31, um, bit of a late bloomer. Mm -hmm. um, I had just been writing short stories. I was uh, at a friend's wedding and I was talking about like another possible short story. And uh, this was like a former grad school colleague of mine. And she was like, you should write a book. And I'm like, oh yeah, sure. That's going to be easy. I mean, I'm majoring in journalism. Mm -hmm. I can write. <laughs> and um, that Monday I tried to write and I stared at a blank screen for an hour. <laughs> It was, it was awful. It was very, it was, it was, it was very humbling. Yeah. And I went outside on my stoop and I was like, Lord Jesus, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like this, Lord, this is not, this is not what you intended. I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh my God. And then um, I heard my, my grandmother's voice uh, and, you know, basically telling me like nothing you ever want to do is, is easy. So get your ASS up and, uh -huh. and start to go do it. And I did. And um, those first pages were horrible. I think that's a lot of us. Yeah. Gone and preach. Gone and preach. Yeah, it, it, they, they were horrible. I, and I still keep them, believe mm -hmm. it or not. I still have the first pages mm -hmm. of what eventually became Saving Ruby King. Um, a, to keep me humble and B, to also remind me when I'm feeling like what it is I'm trying to create isn't gelling for me, that there's a pathway, there's a way out of that. Okay. Um, publication, um, it, it took me five years, um, on and off to write the book. Mm. It took me five years on and off. And then I decided to uh, start querying, um, and thought, oh, my book is ready. I'm, I'm great. Like, you know, I, I'm not querying like the rough draft. This is, this is the final product. No, mm -hmm. no, no, it wasn't. Right. It absolutely was right. not. It really was a rough draft. And luckily I had uh, some agents who, who passed on representing me, but gave me some really valuable feedback. One in particular, Melissa Danachenko. Mm -hmm. Um, she, uh, with the Stuart, I believe she's with the Stuart Krzyzewski agency. Um, she did what's called a, a revise and resubmit, and she gave me some valuable, hmm. um, valuable advice on how to uh, edit my book. And she she ended up passing too, but I ended up getting my wonderful agent Beth Marche of Ladderbird Literary because of the um, very good editing notes that Melissa gave me. I ended up getting represented by. Um, Beth Marche mm -hmm. and um, did some more work with her and I went on sub November of 2018 and by January 2019 my book was sold. Wow wow I think your journey I mean of course it's unique in itself but at the same time it just I think it represents what a lot of people go through, they come across a lot of surprises when it comes to the writing journey. They say, oh, I want to be a published author. And they'll put that first rough draft together thinking they're doing something. And because mm -hmm. <laughs> you're doing a big thing. You're doing something so <laughs> big and you are, so, oh Lord, no, you're not. No, no you're not. No. <laughs> um, so within that, the five years that you were putting the book, you were actually writing, what were some of the things that you went through? Um, and if you could also answer whether or not this story that you're telling in Ruby King is a personal story. Um, one of the, some of the things I went through, I think I dealt with a lot of, um, anxiety and insecurity in terms of 
my my gift and my craft mm-hmm. because you can have a gift for doing something right. it doesn't mean that you don't have to work at it in order to you know sharpen it i mean you know you can you can have a knife and try to cut some but if that mm-hmm. you know knife isn't sharp if you haven't sharpened that blade it's useless right um so it took me a while to learn how to sharpen that blade to get it over those humps of you know insecurity and anxiety and just and fear mm-hmm. and to just sit down and write um, I think for me, um, wanting to represent black women yeah, and to do so in a way that is not stereotypical or to somehow end up writing a white savior narrative, mm. un, you know, unintentionally. Um, I think for me, that was, th- those were two things that I really, really tried to focus on in order to end up with the book that I wanted to write. In terms of the second part of your question, um, who doesn't take from their life, right? Absolutely. Um, I took things from my life, personal, you know, personal things, um, you know, the relationships um, Mm -hmm. between um, my father and myself. And that's also something you really don't see very many books that deal with relationships between Black daughters and black fathers at least i you know i'm sure that there Very true. are a few out there but but not as many as as right. should, should be as should be mm-hmm. um and then i also you know wanted to talk about the black church you know where i was born and raised like the organism and how it can do great uh great things but also cause great harm in many parts mm-hmm. um and i think that's something that i'm still apprehensive about a lot of people from um my the, the black church community um of which i'm i'm in and i'm based have not read the book um okay. so i'm very interested to to get their takes and and see what they have to say about my representation mm-hmm. interesting now a couple of things you mentioned one the white savior narrative. Um, I think it's interesting how you you say that, you know, people will do that not realizing wh- that they're doing that. Is that mm-hmm. what you, can you talk a little bit more, expand a little bit more about that? Um, I think when you are writing, you automatically, even if you're writing a book with African-American characters and you are African-American, mm-hmm. your first thought is to always be inclusive, right? Yes. But um, a lot of times, and I'm not speak, I'm not white. I'm not speaking for all white authors. But right. they, I don't think they don't feel like they have this uh, that particular need mm-hmm. to have to be mm-hmm. inclusive. inclusive. Some of them definitely, you know, try, and some of them fail horribly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But some of them, you know, do try. But that isn't something that they feel that they need to do in order to get readers. I feel like if you're a black writer, you're like, oh, I have to put you know, some white people in this book, Mm -hmm. you know, so I can get white people to read this Mm -hmm. book. You know what I mean? And what oftentimes might happen is that you might end up giving a character um, or white character unknowingly and, um, you know, unintentionally a lot more agency over a black character than they Hmm. should really ever have. Hmm. Um, So for me, I think I just wanted to make my book black. Blackity, black, black, black. <laughs> Are there white characters in there? Yes, but mm-hmm. they play a very secondary, even tertiary role. They are 
people to, to essentially just move the story along. And mm -hmm. what you're left with is um, a relationship between the Black church, Black families, and Black people, Black women especially, with their own agency and the ability to either save themselves or do themselves great harm, not being kind of propped up mm -hmm. by, you know, uh, somebody who's white. You know what I mean? Like, you yes. know, we don't need you to come save us. You know, we can save ourselves or get ourselves out of a situation or put ourselves in a situation. Mm -hmm. Like, we don't, we don't need that. We live our lives every day. Um, and, and, and so, you know, once again, I just wanted to make sure when I was writing Saving Ruby King, that um, once again, it wasn't perpetuating that that white savior narrative. And Lord mm -hmm. knows what I did in this book. Okay. And yeah, thank you for expounding on that because I think there are a lot of people out there that, you know, myself included, that will do things like that without realizing it. But at the same time, um, I think it's, it's fair to not, uh, if, you know, if a writer doesn't want to be inclusive, they don't have to you know, in my opinion, I think a writer writes, you know, what they know. And if, right. if that's their world, then that's what they're going to write. So um, I'm glad that you took the step of, you know, um, being conscious and making sure that your narrative was as, you know, true as it could possibly be without feeling that you had to include, you know, certain elements. So I think that's very powerful. Thank you, Musa. Appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Yeah. And then you also mentioned, the Black church. I think this is huge, and I'm really interested in seeing um, what the reactions will be, um, you know, once folks read your book, because it, it has its good and its bad factors, like you mentioned before. And is with writing your story, is there, are there certain things that you're looking to break or bring attention to when it comes to the Black church? Um, that's a very good question. I think that I want to draw attention to the fact that the church in and of itself, the Black church, is run by people. Like, every church is run by people, yeah. right? And therefore, there are people who make good decisions and bad decisions. I think sometimes when people, um, and, you know, even if they're, you know, African-American, white, um, who've had bad interactions with the church, um, the Black church, Catholic church, you know, uh, you know, Islam, Buddhism, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, sometimes they tend to generalize and say, this is how this all is. And it's not. There, mm -hmm. there are very specific nuances in the Black church in particular that can, um, once again, be of great benefit yes. or do great harm. And I think mm -hmm. I want people who read this book um, whether or not you are religious, to come away with a broader understanding of why people do what they do, the machinations behind the motivation. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not trying to sound like Jesse Jackson, but <laughs> I inadvertently did. Um, and I also want people to come away with um, just an understanding of redemption. I don't want somebody being like, oh, this movie is about, I mean, not movie. I'm already speaking into it. You better this speak book, it. Listen. <laughs> I'm already speaking into it, Lucy. <laughs> That's right. Um, this book is about the Black church, but that doesn't mean the book is about God, if, that, 
that makes sense. That makes perfect Um, sense. This book is about an organization and the people within an organization. And it just happens to be a religious organization. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go go ahead. I'm sorry. No, because I was going to say, you know, because you are addressing it in the manner that you are, I think that if anyone reading this book, no matter what their background is, it can be applied to any religion, not just the Black church, like as you mentioned. So hopefully it'll be like a template of sorts, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I do some really um, interesting things in, in terms of um, point of view. I don't want to give it away. I, I, I want <laughs> you to buy it. I want you to buy it. But I do some uh, very interesting things in terms of point of view. Um, Saving Ruby King was the first book I ever wrote, period. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there, there are no dusty manuscripts like sitting in a drawer somewhere. The, the first book <laughs> I decided to write mm-hmm. was the book I used to get the agent, was the book the agent sold. And um, I, I didn't realize how or recognize how rare that was until, you know, I'll tell people my story. And they're like, wait, you did what? Yeah. And then yeah. I'm like, yeah, but that's why it took me five, six years. Uh-huh. Okay? Because <laughs> um, some people will just write and then just, oh, I didn't sell after nine months. I'm just going to write something else. But right. I, I am stubborn. I put the S in stubborn. Um, <laughs> and I just, I'm going to keep tinkering and working with something that I want and, and, until it comes up. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's your story and you should tell it the way you feel it needs to be told. So Yeah, no, it's my book baby. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so so let's talk a little bit about uh Ruby King. You know, without giving anything away, can you you know, who is she? Who is Ruby King? Ruby King, um, like a lot of us, is uh is a person who doesn't necessarily know why why she is where she is in her life. I mean, she can tell you about things that she's endured, but when I was talking about agency, she doesn't feel like she has a lot of agency. Um, There Mm -hmm. are things that she does, but only because she feels obligated to do them. Um, She, you know, um, works at a crappy job because uh, she needs the money to help her mom maintain the home because her dad, um, Lebanon, isn't really providing for the family like he should because he has a bakery and he's all about that. And, and Lebanon, um, some people will see him as 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 a not very nice person, but you'll mm-hmm. get to learn about these, these characters later. Mm-hmm. Um, Ruby is somebody who doesn't feel like she has the support that she needs, save, you know, one friend. Um, Ruby is somebody who sees the hypocrisies all around her and is for, you know, in her own way, screaming for help, but nobody really seems to hear her. Wow. Um, and it's, it's because of the things I think that she's um, exposed to in terms of her mom. Her mom is very, you know, put a smile on your face. Um, even though, you know, her mom's experiencing her own traumas, her mom, Alice is experiencing her own mm-hmm. traumas. So, you know, when you're raised by your parents, you tend to do the things you see your parents do. Right. But, but Ruby is somebody who, you know, wants to be heard, wants to be seen. Mm-hmm. And uh, it doesn't feel like anybody sees or, or hears her. And it's about her journey to, um, to really save herself and the people around uh and, and the people around her um 
I'm not going to really, you know, say yeah. in, in terms of, you know, the, the things that she might go through. Mm-hmm. But Ruby is somebody who's vulnerable, who's wanting of love and affection and um, who, you know, in, in certain realms doesn't really see much of a way out of her situation and wants to try to fight to, you know, gain some kind of control, control that she never really feels she's ever had. Hmm. Well, so far she sounds very relatable. Um, I think that, you know, just describing her character alone will make a lot of people want to pick up the book and, you know, just be curious as to, you know, what her story is. And the story, it is set in Chicago, correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, story is set in Chicago. Okay. I, I love Chicago, by the way, just side note. I've been there a couple of times but um it's a beautiful oh girl city. you need to come back i do i do i loved it when i went i didn't have i couldn't get enough of it but anyway we can <laughs> definitely talk about that more um you know it's a beautiful city but then at the same time it has this reputation of you know violence especially in the black community um can you talk a little bit because you know when reading the summary that kind of comes up it seems like the reputation of Chicago's violence tends to have a ripple effect on into families like Ruby King's family. Um, yeah. Can you talk a little yeah. bit about that? Yeah, I think that I wanted to bring um, nuance to the situation. I think the problem is that there's so much judgment placed on where African Americans live. Now, Chicago is a beautiful city, but Chicago is a very segregated city. Mm. Um, You know, African-Americans, we live on the south and west sides. Uh, White people, you know, they're in the burbs or on the north side. And you can really tell with the types of treatment. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of companies, you know, oh, we're going to open up in the loop or in these cute little trendy north side neighborhoods, you Mm. know, and what do they want to open here? nothing you know um liquor stores places to get weeds like it's it it can be Mm -hmm. very disenchanting um but the thing is there are wonderful people here um Mm -hmm. and there is a lot of beauty on the south side of chicago that doesn't get exposed the way the violence does i think it's because a lot of times the media wants to feed into a certain narrative yes and it's so busy feeding that narrative they don't try to look for, um, you know, other stories that can enliven, enlighten, mm-hmm. and help others who aren't from this community view this community in a different way. Mm-hmm. My book does that. It doesn't shy away from the fact that, yes, there is violence and, and there are issues on the south side of Chicago, but there are issues on the north side. And, you know, we don't really see the media being like, you see what happened on the north side? It's always right. the south side mm-hmm. and black people. And you yeah. see what they're doing. And, you know, somebody who's, you know, inarticulate. Oh, Lord, no, Jesus, not my baby Jojo. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? <laughs> and and when I tell people I live on the south side, especially if they're white, you know, there's a distinct Paul that goes over their face like oh my god I hope she isn't gonna like ask me to come over her house <laughs> and it's like no Becky because I don't want you at my house oh my in the first place. <laughs> but she'll be blessed I don't want to go to the north side <laughs> like, <laughs> they're, they're, I mean so like I explore all of those things and saving Ruby King oh wow okay yeah oh yeah no That's I go good. there yeah. I, I pull I pulls no punches <laughs> when it when it comes to my city the the good the bad and the yeah. downright ugly. So, you know, <laughs> police community relations, 
violence, wow. domestic violence, um, you know, gang violence. You know, I mm -hmm. just, I pull no punches um, because I live in this city and I know this city. And, um, and this is the story that I want told. And, you know, if, what was it Toni Morrison who said, you know, if you, you know, don't see the story that, you know, that you see, you know, like you be the one to write the story. It's a really, an that's right. Mm -hmm. You know, an articulate uh, uh, quoting of, of the beautiful words. She mm -hmm. But, you know, I didn't see this story. So I wrote it. That's right. That's right. And that is very encouraging. And I hope that anyone who's listening to this, you know, really take takes away from what you just said. Um, you know, if you don't see it out there, don't sit around expecting for it to happen. Go ahead and put it together and make it happen. Yeah, exactly. There is no literary theory that comes down and it's like, here's this book specifically for your situation. Right. No, write about your situation. Write about it. Yeah, exactly. And so with you having your journalist background, did you come across any... Uh, I don't know, like inner challenges in putting the story together. And I ask that because I know of other editors, they're editors by, you know, by trade and they've written novels, but along the way, you know, some of their uh, criticism that they received was, well, this first draft sounds like a reporter wrote it. You know, did you come across anything like that where you felt that you had to grow your voice or develop, especially, you know, since you're talking about a, a black girl named Ruby King, were there, certain elements about yourself that you you realized or you had to change when putting her story together um believe it or not my journalistic background didn't have a lot to do with how i wrote okay um because i had been so far removed like mind you both of my degrees are in journalism but i'm an editor so i and, and i'm an editor for newswire service mm -hmm. um at this point so i just i read press releases mm. i don't deal with, you know, like I'm not at the Chicago Tribune, I'm not at the Sun-Times, I don't write for, for newspapers. Like, you know, mm -hmm. um, I remember, you know, I used to be so, I, I was so gun-ho for journalism. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna change the world and write <laughs> for the New York Times and write for the Chicago yeah. Sun-Times and the Tribune. And then um, when I was told how I needed to get there, I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was just like, I went to a job fair and the gentleman um, said that they had an opening at a Kansas paper. I think it was like Leavenworth and it was $22,000 a year. I said, Ooh. no, no, oh. no, 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 no. Oh, wow. Yeah, no. Um, you know, because like you have <laughs> to make a name for yourself and journalists, I mean, you hmm. know, the, the people who do the hard and brave work to keep our societies together mm -hmm. um the journalists um you know the yeah. nurses you know where and we're coming to find just how vital they are yes um, they they don't they don't get you know the the nba money the nfl money the right money. they don't get that you know um and um once again i i'm an i'm an artist but i don't i'm not a starving artist so mm -hmm. i found something that i could do with my degree Mm -hmm. um, that kind of helped me, um, you know, along those lines, but editors, mm -hmm. you know, got paid more. So that's ultimately what I decided to do. So when mm -hmm. I wrote the book, I, I hadn't written an article, Jesus, really since grad school. Okay. Um, so I really developed my own voice, awesome. um, in terms of, of Ruby King, 
um, and Layla Potter and uh, you know Jackson Potter. It's it's a multi it's a multi POV. I decided for my first book to do a multi POV nonlinear narrative. <laughs> I literally decided to do the hardest crap. Oh my goodness! Like for my first book, you know what I'm saying? I didn't decide. You went all out, action. yeah. I decided to do Green Eggs and Ham. I decided to do The Sound and the Fury. I didn't know this was Howard Faulkner for my first one. Like I don't. <laughs> I'm crazy. I think I'm a little crazy. Um, no, I know I'm crazy. Um, so with this, so with this book, um, the, the journalism thing really, um, didn't, uh, really play into Mm -hmm. how I crafted the story. I just wrote until I felt the words that I were writing weren't crappy. That's, that's essentially what I did. I just wrote until I was like, this doesn't suck. Right. Wow. Wow. That's, I mean, the way you just piece that together, um, you know, because I think I'm assuming that people would just be like, oh, well, she has this background. So, you know, she should, it shouldn't be no problem in putting it together. But Yeah, exactly. And then you had to, you know, create your own path because I've kind of dipped and dabbled in, you know, in writing as far as uh, reporting and things like that. And yeah, it does suck. It, really does so (laughs) I take my hat off to those who you know that's that's what they do all day every day I I know I couldn't do it so you know the way you just veered off the quote-unquote traditional path to create you know your own way of getting there you know I think that's pretty cool well thank you very much I appreciate that You know, I, I've seen, you know, 22000 a year. What What is someone supposed to do with that? Um, I, I don't know. By ramen? I don't <laughs> I don't know. But when he said $22,000 a year and then he said, you know, and you have a grad degree, I might be able to get it up to twenty four. I said, no, thank you, sir. Oh, my goodness. No, thank you. You might be able to get it up to twenty. No, thank you, sir. Wow. I don't know where you think I'd live. A big cardboard box? I don't know what you think. Mm. I'm going to do with twenty four. Now, mind you, it was two thousand and four but still still like, yeah it sounds like twenty four thousand dollars why okay. would you twenty four thousand no. dollars you must be crazy <laughs> Oh my goodness. So, well, now I have like so many other questions from that. I, I don't even know where to start, but the uh, prepared question that I had wanted to ask next was to talk a little bit about setbacks. Uh, a lot of writers, they get frustrated when they get really excited in the beginning, you know, Ooh, this novel is going to be the bomb. I'm going to change the world, blah, 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 blah. And as they go along, reality continues to, you know, hit them upside the head. Mm. How, you know, what advice do you have to, to best handle setbacks because they're going to be a part of the journey, but how can potential writers best handle them? Two things. Allow yourself to feel what you feel. If you feel anger, if you feel jealousy, if you are sad, allow yourself to feel those feelings. Don't bottle them up. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's almost kind of like you, you'll become like creatively constipated. So allow yourself to feel those feelings, but don't give in to them. Do not wallow. Okay. If you're jealous, somebody got a three book deal and they making a million dollars. You like son of a biscuit eater. Okay. Really? Really? You know what I mean? You like really? And and it really, and I write adult fiction. So this a lot of times tends to happen in YA. Um, And and please Mm. don't, don't, don't write me 
Don't pay me. Don't email me like I was bashing YA. I'm not. I have uh, <laughs> quite a few author friends who write YA. I love young adult. It seems I very read crowded. young adult. You know. Yeah. Um, but but that's where publishing, you know, is just like, you know, this is our cash cow. When it comes to mm. writing, you know, adult fiction, mm-hmm. we don't tend to get a lot of those advances. And if you are a black woman, you really don't. Wow. You really don't. Now, there is a woman, uh, a young lady named uh, Zakia. I don't want to say Zakia Harris. Uh, she just got uh, a seven-figure deal. She's writing a book called The Other Black Girl. Uh, or, or she already wrote this book and it's, it got a seven-figure deal. But she's the first person that I had saw that had that type of deal who was a Black woman. I didn't get that deal. Wow. I'm, not, I'm not hating on the deal that I got. Mm-hmm. I, I think that, the, you know, Please yeah. don't, please don't get me wrong. I don't want my publisher to hear this and be like, now that's un now. She <laughs> no, 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 no. I love you, Park Row. I love you so much. <laughs> but um, but but a lot of times when we see those deals, they they go to who? Like, you know, Janine Cummins, who wrote American Dirt. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And we right. you know, sitting up here like, that's not even, you know, I'm like, but I'm all, right. you know, but I'm a woman of color and wrote this fabulous book. So, yeah. you know, you know, you feel, you know, you, je- you feel jealous, you feel angry, you feel mm-hmm. depressed. Allow yourself to feel those feelings mm-hmm. and, and move on. Don't wallow. You want that seven figure book? Deal? Okay, cool. So you get ready. Mm-hmm. That next book you're getting ready to write, that's getting ready to be your meal ticket right there. Yeah. And if not that book, the other book, just don't stop. Don't let those negative feelings stop you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The second bit of advice I have is to have your tribe. I cannot say this enough. Mm. My tribe consists, yeah, of my mama. I'm black. Who who is who don't have their mama? Right. You know, you know, my mama, you know, if if I'm feeling any kind of way, you know, my mama. I call my mama and I say, Mama, this is how I'm Um, but but um, I also have a tribe of, of wonderful friends who are also uh, who are also writers, and they range uh, white men, black women. Yeah, it, it doesn't really it doesn't really matter. Just get a tribe and get people that you can trust, um, people who you can bounce ideas off of, people who have maybe already been on this journey, and you can like ask them questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, once you've reached a certain level. Don't forget to pay it forward. Mm-hmm. Um, without, and I'm not naming names, but there are certain, um, maybe say authors of color, right? And uh-huh. they get to a certain level. And, you know, if you're a debut author, like I was a debut author, and you reach out to these people, they're like, oh, sorry, no, nope, can't do it, can't go. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I got yeah. mine, get yours. You yeah. know, and you're sitting up there like, really? Right, exactly. You know, like somebody... Somebody blurred you. Somebody helped you. Uh-huh. you know, like you don't want to try to pay it forward, you know. Right. And not even saying like you're you're not owed this, but you know, you know, sometimes you know, like they just may not answer or just wow, just like sorry, sucks to be you, but I already got oh man, got this going. And these are things that are frustrating and and disheartening. And there was a point where I I wasn't um, uh, I, I was trying to reach out for something and it just didn't seem like I was getting the reaction you know say from you know from that community that I would have wanted and mm-hmm. I really I sat in my chair and I just you know I let myself cry about it for for a few minutes mm-hmm. and then I picked myself up 
Why? Because I'm a black woman in America. You can only sit there and cry about something or wallow in something for so long before mm-hmm. you're like, okay, what's next? Because, right. you know, crying isn't going to solve anything, you right. know? So, you know, if crying would, would help you, Musu, I would cry mm-hmm. and cry and cry. But since it can't, like, let's let's get together a plan to, you know, to, to solve whatever the, you know, yeah, whatever exactly. the is. And a lot of times, you know, those things end up working to your benefit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, so that's what I say, like, you know, whatever feelings you feel, feel them. Mm-hmm. And make sure you just have a good group of people around you to give you a boost. And I really, and I don't mean to just tell you things you want to hear, you know, mm-hmm. like Trump, you know, no, don't tell you things you want to hear. Right. Um, to, to, to give you the hard truths, but, you know, really great advice. So mm. you don't need a lot of yes men. What you need are, are people who are encouraging, but honest. Honest, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And see, now, you know, this was something else that I had wanted to talk with you, with you being um, a woman of color and you're in this novel writing world. One of the things that I have noticed, and maybe, I, you know, you can give me your take on this. As far as agents go, I personally do not see enough representation of, you know, diversity when it comes to agents, because one of the assumptions in my brain is, well, if I'm going to pitch to these agents, don't they have to understand or relate to my story at some point? If all I'm seeing is, uh, is certain types of agents that are out there, you know, that can be kind of discouraging. It's hard for me. It's It's been hard to um, find uh, literary agents who are, you know, it could be a woman or a man, but it would be nice if it was a woman and if they were a person of color. I don't see a lot of that out there. Yeah, so um, there, there, because there isn't a lot uh, of that out there, because being an agent, you need... Um, to be able to get and get your foot in the door. And a lot of times that requires interning and interning for essentially like no money Mm. or very little money. And unfortunately that is something a lot of African-American men and women, Latino men and women, Indian men and women Mm -hmm. just, they they don't have those means. Now there are a few who are able to break that rule. Um, But you know, um, but unfortunately, no. You know what I mean? The mm-hmm. publishing industry, same thing. That's why you see it as predominantly white because they um, are afforded those opportunities to be able to, um, to to get in those doors. Not saying, you know, pe- you know, those people don't work hard. Right, right. But, you know, we unfortunately aren't given those opportunities. And a lot of times... Um, you know, we're told, oh, yeah, you know, we want books of color. We want uh, writers of color. And, mm-hmm. and, but, but those those steps aren't made. So you're not, um, you know, actively, you know, seeking out people of color and being like, hey, look, you know, we're we going to pay you 50000 a year. Or, you know, we have this place in New York, which is subsidized housing mm. that you can live in while you're doing this internship, like, you know, those, those things, Mm -hmm. you know, don't really seem to be available, um, for us. Hmm. Um, 
and, and that's once again unfortunate because you can bring so many more people, uh, yeah. talented people to the fore if you have um, diverse representation behind those scenes, behind and in front of the publishing scenes, right. behind and in front of the agent, agenting scene. When it comes to agents, there really aren't very many agents of color. And a lot of the ones that I see, once again, just represent I, uh, YA, mm -hmm. you know, so mm -hmm. I didn't have, <laughs> I, I didn't really have anybody, I don't think that I could uh, necessarily go to um, and say, hey, as a Black woman, you know, um, this is the book that I wrote and you're a Black African-American <laughs> right. woman agent. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't like I'm going to get my hair done and I got 15, you know, women just on this block to choose from. You know what right. I mean? It's it's like, you know, you know, a million square feet and like two women yeah. were probably inundated with women like exactly. me who were talented but like, you know, they can't represent all of us. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, um, so, so that's what it is in terms of finding my agent. That's why you have to find people who, um, for right now are allies and true allies okay. who, who don't just say they want diverse books, but then send you an email saying that they couldn't identify with the character. <laughs> You know, I'm like, right. well, because it's not for you to identify with. Are you a black woman? Are you a black woman? Right. right. You're not. Right. So, you know what I mean? You know, but you expect me to sit up here and read Bridget Jones or the girl on the train mm. and identify with them. Right. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. But you can't identify, you know, with, you know, Ruby King. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because you didn't grow up on the south side of Chicago. Mm -hmm. oh, expand your mind. Exactly. And try to do that. And you when know, you just do, like you will, you know, just like you, you know, inherently mm -hmm. try, you know, think we should do for you, do for us. Right. And when you described Ruby King earlier, you know, that's she's a human being, you know, before anything. So a lot of the things that she's going through to me, it's 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 more than her being a black woman. So that's why I said anybody should be able to pick up this book and read it because there are really so anybody many should anybody should but you know when we're mm -hmm. dealing with african-american yeah teams and people and neighborhoods and, and situations there is an inherent prejudice there mm -hmm. whether or not somebody wants to recognize it within themselves unfortunately. yeah that's very true that's very true so i wanted to uh i, I could talk with you all day to be honest <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> So I wanted to just ask you this last question. Do you have a favorite author quote? Oh, gee, oh. <laughs> gee well, look, what you do this to me I mean, for, you, you quoted Tony you Tony earlier. No, I, I, I badly quoted Tony Morrison. Please call a spade a spade. I badly quoted her. Um, oh, that's like asking me to choose NBA. <laughs> My children and not children, <laughs> children. Um, uh, you know, is there one that stuck out? Maybe English. Oh, actually, class you know or... what? Yes, um, there, there is, and it's actually on my author website, KatherineAdaleWest.com. Okay. Um, it's it's a James Baldwin quote. Uh, yeah, girl, who girl before mm. his time, a man before his time. Woo, girl. 
Yeah. Okay, James Bond, man, if I could sit down with he, I mean, you know, he yeah. got seven. I didn't even, you know, I, I was still, you know, uh-huh. around learning my multiplications table at that time. <laughs> like, you know, so I didn't recognize how much of a literary, uh, how much a loss, how much of a loss of the literary world mm-hmm. it was at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, you know, I discovered James Baldwin uh, in college. Same and here. I, yeah. And, and I've been, I've been riding with James and Octavia Butler and, you know, mm-hmm. ever since. Um, yeah. So uh, James Baldwin said, you think your pain and your heartbreak are unprecedented in the history of the world. And then you read. That's right. Then you read. Pick up a book, folks. Pick up a book and read. <laughs> I mean, it's like everything he said, it, like it was just so powerful and before his time. Like, it, re- it really was. And, and I do pay a little bit of, of, of homage, not as much as I... Uh, not as much as I could, uh, you know, not as much as I wanted to, but I did pay a little bit of homage to, um, you know, James Baldwin okay. um, in, in, in the book. So. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, I, I don't, I guess I got to jump on that pre-order list for real, you know. Girl, jump on it. You might, once again, <laughs> CatherineAdaleWest.com. Uh, it has all the pre-order links. Go ahead and do it. I, I even autograph a copy for you. Moose. Awesome. I would love that. I would honestly love that. Um, so yeah, thank you again for coming on. And I'm going to um, make sure that link is in the show notes. And if you want to send me any other of your social media contact info, you can go ahead and I'll add that in the show notes as well. Oh, I absolutely will. I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, shoot you a quick email uh, right after this interview. Okay, cool. So, is, did you have any? Um, did Did you have any other uh, projects or anything that you had wanted to to talk about that you're working on, or are you just waiting for June to come so you could drop this powerful story? Um, I am waiting for June to come uh, so I can, uh, you know, drop this story and prayerfully we will be out of quarantine mode so I can yeah. have, uh, you know, have that book launch. But I am working um, on uh, the next book in the, uh, you know, Ruby King series. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of stories um, that that need to still be told. Absolutely. Um, and so I am, um, I'm working on that next. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm hoping, uh, you know, Park Row, uh, you know, will, will, uh, you know, decide to, to pick that book up as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we can go ahead and, and get people some answers because I am pretty sure I'm going to hear quite a bit. What happened yeah. with so-and-so? What right. happened to this person? <laughs> you know, what about this person? Um, so I, so I, um, so, you know, the, the story, um, of, of Ruby King and rather a lot of the people in Ruby King um, aren't done yet. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I'm going to, you know, explore those stories um, and, and then, you know, write other stories apart from the, the Ruby King series. I mean, I don't want to get all, you know, misery and James Conn about it and have a Kathy Bates <laughs> talking about like I'm your number one fan. Bates, yeah. but, <laughs> I'm a, but then again, a sister doesn't go and write in a secluded cabin in the woods. Once again, I'm an American <laughs> woman on the south side of Chicago. I don't play that. Um, you know, so I, I am working on, um, you know, the, the, the next, you know, uh, portion of, of the series of stories in, in the, the Ruby King books. 
Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, that sounds good. And please keep me posted. And I would love to have you back on at some point, you know, maybe after the book drops or maybe after the movie blows up. I don't know. But when, whenever you want me, Musu, I am here. All right. <laughs> All right, Catherine, thank you so much. And again, I'll go ahead and add the things in the show notes and then I'll do my quick editing and the episode will be available on iTunes and on Podbean. So I'll share that link with you so that you can share with your platform. Perfect. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you reaching out, Musu. And this, oh. this was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you so much. You, you've been a lot of fun. This is why I do this. I love, you know, talking and connecting with new authors. So if you know of any other authors, because I'd be, I be stalking on Twitter, I'd be crawling around on Twitter or, you know, social media, you know, who have a story to tell you can you know let me know and i would love to reach out to them yeah they're they're uh they're quite uh they're quite a few i'm gonna uh you know send you a list of names you can reach out to them on 